Chapter 8 Dr. Matlock and Dr. Andreas Cardulp You're late, Dr. Matlock said in a tone so full of disdain. Dr. Andreas Cardulp wondered if his grandparents' parents hadn't made a massive mistake in daring to cast eyes on each other. He knew from experience that it would be futile to point out that it was just a few minutes past the appointed hour, and sat down quickly in front of the large mahogany desk at which Dr. Matlock was lording over. The large desk gave Dr. Matlock almost an elfine appearance, which managed to make her all the more terrifying. <coughs> Good afternoon, Dr. Matlock. How are you? He ventured, in a voice he hoped sounded far more confident than he felt. I am a qualified, intelligent, powerful man. He repeated this mantra over and over in his head. He would control this meeting. She was no more important than him. I am a qualified, intelligent, powerful man. You have egg mayonnaise on your trousers, began Dr. Matlock, interrupting his train of thought. Update me, please. Hastily rubbing at the offending egg stain and gathering his papers from his briefcase, he launched into his update. Suspect Duck has been captured and is being held securely in the building. We have provided all necessary alibis to his whereabouts. We informed his office of his illegal residency in the UK. We have arranged multiple ongoing payments for all living expenses. Suspect Duck has no known social acquaintances other than a man by the name of Colin. Colin is a regular drinker at his local pub and would occasionally converse with the suspect on the topic of... He paused briefly, scouring his notes. Finding the one he was looking for, he continued, The color-coding system of salt and vinegar crisp packets. That's not strictly true, is it? Interrupted Dr. Matlock. Yes, it is, answered Dr. Andreas Cardalp confidently. Colin maintains that salt and vinegar crisp packets should be blue and that cheese and onion should be green, whereas Suspect Duck was ambivalent at best. I'm not talking about fucking crisp packets, you incompetent, impotent moron. Dr. Matlock's voice dropped to a quiet hiss. Well, I, I, I don't think there's any need for... Dr. Andreas began, stuttering in mortified anger. I implore you to think very carefully before you answer this next question. Dr. Matlock cut in, drawing back in her chair and licking her lips. The cobra position, as it was known internally. Do you stand by your assertion that Suspect Duck has no other social associates other than this? She almost spat out the word. Colin? Dr. Andreas Cardulp thought very carefully. He was backed into a corner. His brain tried desperately to second-guess why. The unknown reason for the attack was fear-inducing. I said Suspect Duck has no known social acquaintances other than... Am I to take it you are adopting a plea of incompetence? Dr. Matlock leaned forward in her chair. Strike one. I I'm not sure I understand, he offered. I am asking you, in your role as Ambassador of Human Concerns of the Official Police, if you believe yourself to be incompetent. Or perhaps that insults your intelligence. Perhaps you are not guilty of incompetence, but instead deliberately providing misleading information. Which is it? It's neither, Dr. Matlock, and I don't appreciate this line of interrogation. Which would have sounded a lot bolder had his voice not quivered quite so dramatically in the middle of it. 
How is it, then, that I was first informed of Suspect Duck's detainment not from you, but from a London taxi driver? Dr. Andreas Cardolp's face grew from bafflement to sheer horror as Dr. Matlock updated him on her earlier conversation with Tony, the taxi driver. He wondered if his wife would play his favorite song at his funeral. Would she even know what it was? Elation passed over him momentarily as he pondered the merits of his demise. Perhaps death wouldn't be so bad after all. His temporary happiness was postponed as he tuned back into Dr. Matlock's voice. I want both of them here, now. Dr. Matlock barked. Uh, who? He asked, lost in his internal conversation. Polly and Bert Fairwald. But where will we find Bert Fairwald? We've been looking for a year, and Miss Fairwald was never seen as a threat. He stopped, realizing he'd missed a crucial part of the conversation. Is it really of any great surprise that over there found us first, when people like you are considered to be toward the smart end of the human race? Dr. Matlock said, more to herself than to him. Let me just condense this for your tiny, puny mind. Polly Fairwald is holding the code, is looking for Suspect Duck, and believes her brother to be involved. She is far more capable than your impact report suggests, and puts her second in the threat list, just after her brother. Her eyes bored deeply into Dr. Andreas Cardolp's soul. We cannot afford to draw any attention to Miss Fairwald's impending disappearance. She paused briefly, taking a sip of her coffee that seemed to have appeared from nowhere. To be absolutely clear, that means no police and no publicity. If you could also try not to allow any of this knowledge to slip into London's taxi network or accidentally announce it over the radio, that would be splendid. Consider it done. He managed to muster in his most assertive hamster voice. Forgive me if I don't. Get it right and get out of my fucking office. I have an update call with the U.S., which, thanks to you, is going to go down like a cup of cold Satan shit. Dr. Matlock dismissed him without another word. Dr. Cardolp gathered all his things as quickly as possible and practically ran out of her office, only to trip over an ill-placed rug and, to his mortification, let out a hopefully unnoticeable trouser parp. A glance behind him at Dr. Matlock's flint-like look of disgust confirmed that stealth was still lingering at the bottom of his ever-dwindling list of talents.